We call this day Good Friday, because on it every year we come together to commemorate, to remember the death of our Lord and our King, Jesus Christ. We, we dare to call it Good Friday because on this day, Christ came and he offered himself and through his death he purchased, he won salvation for his people. And, he was free, and through that he freed us from the power of sin and death. But it's not just sin and death in the abstract, but it was our own particular and personal sin against him, against our God, our creator, and our king. And he freed us also from death, the death that was coming to us in judgment for this rebellion against him. In the Gospel of Mark, the passage that we read, we see how each and every human being, every kind of person, is implicated in the death of Christ. Before our reading, Jesus celebrated the Passover uh, with his disciples. And right after this meal that he shared with them, one of his disciples, Judas, betrayed him. And Jesus was arrested. His other disciples abandoned him. And his closest disciple, Peter, denied him three times. And then Jesus was before Pontius Pilate. And even though Pontius Pilate, who was the governor and who was supposed to administer justice, he knew Jesus was innocent, but instead of clearing him of all charges, he gave them over to the will of the people. He wanted to appease the crowd, the crowd that was shouting, crucify him, crucify him. And so he gave Jesus over to the soldiers and they whipped him and then they dressed him up like a king putting a purple robe on him and bowing down to him um, and saying, Hail, King of the Jews, and then striking him on the face with a reed and with their hands. Then Jesus was led out by them to be crucified. As he was on the cross, the religious leaders were mocking him, saying, Let him come down from the cross. Let us, let us see the Christ. Let him come down so that we can also believe in him. Then the, the criminals also, beside him, people who deserved to be where they were, they mocked him, they reviled him. And it wasn't just criminals and religious leaders and, and political leaders who failed Jesus at this time and mocked him. It was the ordinary people, even ordinary people like, like you, like me, the passers-by, the people on their way to the city, they also mocked Jesus and derided him, saying, save yourself and come down from the cross. Everybody is implicated. All kinds of people are guilty when it comes to the death of Jesus. Consider even now, yourself. How often, like the soldiers in our reading today, do you confess Christ as king with your mouth, but then deny his kingship with your actions? same heart also that refuses to follow Jesus and to worship Jesus as king is the same heart that at the very beginning of time where Adam and Eve were created and placed in the garden, that same heart that led them to reject the kingship of their creator. That's the same heart that put Christ, the same spirit that put Christ on the cross. High and low, rich and poor, great and small, everyone is implicated in the death of Jesus. He was betrayed, 
he was abandoned and denied. He was falsely accused, unjustly sentenced. He was mocked, derided, and reviled, tortured, and crucified. And if that was the end of the story, if that was all that we knew, then we would not be talking about it today. There were countless people in history who were crucified and who died in this way. But Jesus tells us more in the Gospel of Mark. He tells us that he came for this very reason. He came to save the very people who put him on the cross. In Mark chapter 10, verse 45, he says, The Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. He is the king. He is the coming Messiah. He was the promised Christ. But he's also the suffering servant whom we read about just a moment ago from Isaiah at the beginning of our service. And it is that he did not come as a conquering king. He did not come to rule through a military conquest, but through suffering unto death. And by his death and by his suffering, he purchased a people, his people, by his own blood. He endured our injustice in order to satisfy the justice of God. What we meant for evil, what these people meant for evil, God meant for good. And this was the will of God the Father. There was no division in the Godhead at the cross. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit all willed that Christ would come and suffer in this way. In Isaiah chapter 53, we read in verse 10 and 11, this is the Holy Spirit writes, The will of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. Out of the anguish of his soul he shall see and be satisfied. By his knowledge shall the righteous one, my servant, Make many to be accounted righteous, and he, shall, and he shall bear their iniquities. Jesus did see, and Jesus was satisfied, because the will of the Lord prospered in his hand. At the ninth hour, it's three o'clock in the afternoon, when an unnatural darkness was, had fallen over the land, Jesus cried out that, those lines, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in this, Christ was experiencing the eternal wrath and separation from God, which is due to all who sin against him, who sin against God the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Then he cried. He cried out. Then he breathed his last and Mark doesn't tell us what he said at that moment, but in the Gospel of John, we know that he said, it is finished. What Jesus came to accomplish, he completed on the cross. He won a people for himself. And at that moment, the veil that was in the temple in Jerusalem that separated God from the people the holiness of God from the sinfulness of people, that veil was torn in two from top to bottom because Christ had won a people. 
He had purchased redemption, and he had made atonement so that his people could once again come into the presence of God, so that our sin would be removed and that we would be clothed with his righteousness. Now, now, whoever looks to Jesus, whoever trusts in Jesus, if you look to Jesus, if you trust in him, he will remove your sin because he's already taken it upon himself. He's already borne the judgment on himself. And in its place, he will put his own righteousness, his own holiness. He will clothe you with himself. It's as a great Puritan prayer says, it actually is as, this is a great exchange. This is a great exchange. And in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, 21, we read this. We read that for our sake, this is God the Father, for our sake he made him, Christ, to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. There's, there's this great exchange between God the Father and God the Son and the Holy Spirit on the cross. We see the perfect wrath of God and also the perfect mercy, perfect justice and perfect love. Both are united in the cross. So that now, we are free from sin, free from death, and we may have life everlasting. So there's this great exchange between God the Father and God the Son. And now we receive Christ's righteousness, and he receives the punishment for our sin. There's a Puritan prayer that says this. It says, Christ was all anguish, that we might be all joy. Cast off, that we might be brought in. Trodden down as an enemy, that we might be welcomed as friends. Surrendered to hell's worst, that we might attain heaven's best. Stripped, that we might be clothed. Wounded, that we might be healed. Thirsty, that we might drink. Tormented, that we might be comforted. Made a shame, that we might inherit glory. Entered darkness, that we might have eternal light. So what I would ask you to do tonight is to feel the weight of the cross. Feel the weight of your own sin and sorrow over your sin, sorrow over your willful rejection of the Lord's kingship over you, your willful scorning of your creator. But all the more, look to the cross and rejoice in the forgiveness and the life that is offered in Jesus as he takes your sin and your judgment upon himself so that you may have his life, his righteousness, and his joy. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, we we thank you for this day. It is indeed a good day, good Friday, because you have won a people for yourself on the cross. Lord, may we leave sorrowing for our sin, but rejoicing in the forgiveness and the life that is offered through Jesus. Lord, let us wait with hope and anticipation for Christ's victory over the grave on the third day. This we pray in Jesus' name. In the aisles you will find elements, baskets and elements. Um, And the reason we celebrate communion is that That same night, the night before Jesus was betrayed, the night before he was crucified, he shared a meal with his disciples. 
They didn't understand it on the t- at the time. But he was making a new covenant with us, a covenant in his own blood. And so he took bread, and he broke it. He said, this is for you. He took, took wine, he poured it, he passed it to the disciples and said, this blood, is a, this wine, this cup is a new covenant in my blood for the forgiveness of sins. So that Christ's body was broken so that ours would not be broken, so that we would be whole. And Christ's blood was shed so that we would be forgiven, that we could return to our creator. So let us partake of Christ's body and blood. Eat and drink with me. We're going to close tonight with a reading from Psalm 22. I'm going to invite my brother Kellen to come up and read for us. And he will finish reading and then we will be finished for this evening. We will leave together in silence. To the choir master, according to the Doe of the Dawn, a song of David. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me from the words of my groaning? Oh, my God, I cry by day, but you do not answer. And by night I find no rest. Yet you are holy, enthroned on the praises of Israel. In in you our fathers trusted. They trusted and you delivered them. To you they cried and were rescued. In you they trusted and were not put to shame. But I am a worm and not a man. Scorned by mankind and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They make mouths at me. They wag their heads. He trusts in the Lord. Let him deliver him. Let him rescue him, for he delights in him. Yet you are he who took me from the womb. You made me trust you at my mother's breasts. On you was I cast from my birth. And from my mother's womb, you have been my God. Be not far from me, for trouble is near. And there is none to help. Many bulls encompass me. Strong bulls of Bashan surround me. They open wide their mouths at me like a ravening and roaring lion. I am poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax. It is melted within my breast. My strength is is dried up like a potsherd, and my tongue sticks to my jaws. You lay me in the dust of death. For dogs encompass me, a company of evildoers encircles me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. They stare and gloat over me. They divide my garments garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots.